Welcome to Out of the Box with Christine, the podcast for conscious folk. I am your host, Christine Blasdale. This program is intended to bring you a fresh perspective on this thing we call life. And in each and every episode, we're going to dive into the topics that matter most with lively conversations on issues such as business, health, wealth, love, and transformational healing, all with the goal of creating a better world and becoming a happier human being. I will be your tour guide on this epic adventure, and as we embark on this journey, our ultimate goal is going to be one of transformation to our highest potential. And now, let's get out of the box. everyone and welcome back to out of the box with christine i am your host christine blasdale and i am super excited about today's show because we're going to be tackling a subject matter that at least my clients that i work with when i do a podcast training and entrepreneurial starting up businesses when we talk about this subject their eyes glaze over they're like a deer in headlights and they go yeah that thing so we're going to be talking about, of course, digital marketing, SEO, and yes, no, that's not the name of a rock and roll band. It's search engine optimization with an amazing gentleman, uh, a true out of the boxer, John Tromans, who is a digital marketing trainer, a former broadcaster, which we have in common. When you hear his voice, you're going to understand he was made for radio. Um, he's also the creator of a better website for a Fiverr, and I love that. I love that name. We're going to talk about that and his program that he's got available to uh, a global audience. He's um, also the host of the popular. This is a great podcast name. Okay, if you were one of my clients, I would give you an A plus plus. The the name of of your podcast is called Not Another Marketing Podcast. John, yeah. welcome to Out of the Box. <laughs> hey, Christine, thanks for that introduction. Yeah, thank you. They say you've got a face for radio, and that's why you do radio, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, you've got a marvelous voice, and um, and what a and, well, obviously you're you you are a genius in marketing because that is a great title for a podcast show, not another yeah. marketing podcast because there's there's a few of them, I think, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's why, uh, I mean, I was looking down and like, if you Google marketing podcasts, you just go on forever uh, and you just keep going and keep going and keep going. And it's like, oh, God, not another marketing podcast. <laughs> so you decided to get get into a niche that was uh, not completely uh, over over uh, overblown. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think the podcast kind of does it a little bit differently than a lot of other marketing podcasts. I listen to a load of them and, and you spend 10 minutes self-congratulatory stuff. Hi, you're so great. And you're so amazing. And aren't you amazing? And yes, I'm great. And it's like, oh, just get on with it. Tell me what I need to know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but, All right. in a friend, but in a friendly way. Well, yeah. and, and, and the beautiful thing about, um, well, and the beautiful thing about having your own podcast, you can do it in the style that you like. What I what is always like a um, my pet peeve because I work with a lot of new, newbie podcasters, and what they do sometimes is in the very beginning they talk about themselves, and they talk about what they're doing and what they like, and I'm doing this and I'm doing and I'm like shut up I don't I want to yeah. hear from your guest so yeah. so tell our wonderful listeners and viewers on YouTube and if you're not a subscriber you should be wink wink. But uh, tell our wonderful listeners and viewers a little bit about how you got into marketing and in, in particular digital marketing. 
um, you're in the UK. We take it by mm. your accent. Yeah, and, that's right. Yeah. 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 Just, just on the Welsh border, I can look out and see some Welsh hills, which is quite nice. Yeah. Oh, I have a friend there. I have a friend in, Wel- in the Welsh area. Yeah, it's um, it's nice. Yeah, I go and try and find a hill or something to climb up in the weekends. It's quite nice. Um, yeah, I mean, I I started off in radio as a, as you as you mentioned a long, long time, a long, long time ago now, and 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 I think a lot of folks were getting a little bit disillusioned with radio, particularly in the UK, sort of like around the mid to late nineties, early two thousands. Radio was becoming incredibly corporate. You were, I mean, what, I mean, I, I remember being dragged into a program controller's um, office one day and he turned around and he said, you mentioned Arnold Schwarzenegger on the radio. And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, it was a funny gag, wasn't it? Yeah, that was, that was funny, wasn't it? And he said, he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't mention Arnold Schwarzenegger. He doesn't test well with a 25 to 34 semi-professional female. Talk about Bruce Willis instead. Oh, And it's like, wow, this is like taking the creativity out of radio. It's taking what a lot of us actually joined radio in the first place to do, which was to be creative, to entertain, I suppose, in a way. Yes. And, and, and just at that time, sort of like late 90s, early 2000s, there was this new thing starting, which was called Internet. And it, it was getting bigger and getting bigger. And I don't think any of us really back then looked at it as a technology. It, it was almost like another publishing platform. We got yeah. paper, we got TV, we got radio, and now we got this other thing that we don't really know what to do with. Um, and and I think that's how I, I've spoken to a lot of folks who are working radio, television back in the mid to late nineties when there was kind of like a mass buyout of radio stations in the UK, and everybody went PLC. They were all floated on the stock exchange. Um, and radio changed drastically. I mean, it, it, it's now, I, I don't know, like in, in Australia, in the States, and that you get lots of different little radio stations all with their own identities, and they're all, ne- all got their own individual names. And you know a city, don't you, from the name of that radio station. It's got that big sound. It's that big thing. You know who it is. Well, they're all called the same now. It's all called exactly the same name. Every radio station in every town has the same name. And the identity is gone and, and everything. So a lot of folks moved away from from radio, which was becoming stale and corporate, and started moving into this internet thing where you could actually be be creative. And that's why I really started. I started, kicked off, built my first website in 1996. Whoa. That makes me, oh, that <laughs> makes me old, doesn't it? Mm. <laughs> You're not old. <laughs> and, uh, and kind of went on there. And I think there were a lot of mistakes made along the way because... I think particularly in the 90s and the 2000s, we looked at at the internet as technical and there were technical people trying to be clever technically, which meant you ended up with god-awful websites. Really, those those 90s, yeah, yeah, where you've got to fill. You took the paper mentality where you've got to fill every space on the page. Oh, I know what you're talking about (laughs) because... I was a, uh, I was a content consultant in the '90s for websites, and I'd go in and they go, "What is all this? What is all this copy? All this text? Give me something to look at because it was just going on and on and on." Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think it was we were trying to pick up our printed material and just dump it 
exactly the same online. And we didn't treat the internet as a separate medium altogether. And I think we're doing that a lot better now. We're doing that now, to be honest. We're, we're using using the internet an awful lot better over the past, say, I, th- I don't know, I'd say probably since around the 2010, something like that. I think websites have got an awful lot better. And I think mobile phones have helped with that because we've had to simplify our websites you can't you can't go click 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 swipe swipe click oh there it is that you can't do any of that on a on a mobile phone it's just ridiculous so i think we've managed to simplify our websites which has helped an awful lot and uh, it, it is yeah it is it is getting better there's still an awful lot we can and everybody can do i mean i could make my website better everybody can make their websites better it's an you never finish building your website. What is you finish a brochure, you finish a booklet, you finish your paper material, don't you? And you get it printed and it's done. Whereas a website is a different mentality, I think, where you just keep going at it all the time, never finished. Oh, I agree. I, I to this day, I go back and I'll tweak things. I'll go, oh, that's that looks old, that looks stale. I need to update it. Need to, yeah. But you're right. Once you get the book, I got, I have a book too, and this book, when it's done, it's done. It's done. It's all good. I don't need to do anything else to it. But your website, you're 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 right. Now, your your specialty is um is is really uh with search engine optimization. And I know, like a lot of people, they go what they've heard of it. Um, but if you're someone who's an entrepreneur, if you're someone who is a coach, a consultant, or you have a a a product or a service it's you could have the greatest thing since sliced bread right but if people don't know how to find you do you really exist that's my question john yeah absolutely you're dead right i mean search engine optimization is optimizing your web pages for the search engine so they can find you but it's not that complicated a lot of seo folk will let you believe it's really really complicated and it can get complicated when you go to the nth degree and you're in a highly competitive market for example if you were selling hotel rooms in sydney for example um, (laughs) highly competitive market you would want to get those tiny little sort of like 0.5 percent improvements all the time to try and try and just make your website an awful lot better but for most of us we're not in that type of highly competitive market we might be in a competitive market but it might be local for example so it might be only around our town or around our city or we might be doing something that's quite niche so it's not necessarily highly competitive and i think that's where we can do a lot of our own search engine optimization and the whole idea of seo really at the end of the day is is kind of making your content uh, it's 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 making the words on the page reflect what people want if that makes sense right so so it's kind of like if you are Let's try and think of something. If you are, I, I was working with a farming organization a few years ago, right? This is a good, good example. And there's a, there's a payment you can get off the government. And it was called, I think it was called something like single payment scheme, something like that. And that was it. Just really simple. And it was called that for like 20 years, 30 years. And then the government changed the name of it to some really long, complicated 15 word <laughs> name. And and this organization, what they did was they changed all their content. They put the official name, the new name that the Department of Agriculture had set. This is the new name. This is what it's called. So they changed all of their content. Well, what they didn't understand was that their audience and the people were still searching the old name. And they weren't really appearing for that. So 
they moved back and started using the old name and they started getting discovered an awful lot more in the search engine. So it's kind of looking at what your audience is searching for, what they're looking for, what they want, um, and, and looking at the intent of, of, of what they want as well. So if you buy a car, for example, you don't go on Google and say, I want to buy a car now. <laughs> uh, just, just doesn't happen. You, you might be thinking to yourself, well, you know, I, the car's getting old. I've got to get it changed. You know, I don't really know what cars there are out there. You know, what should I change? You know, kind of, and you might search for different types of SUVs or something. Well, that's a point. That's a search that you might never have thought of where you can introduce your brand. And you can introduce your name to somebody at that point. Right. And so it, you're not- it's, knowing what, it's knowing the search behaviors yeah. of people. That was something that I have learned uh, pretty recently. And it, was, it had to do with actually YouTube because YouTube, you know, is the second largest uh, search engine in the world. And hold on one second. I got, I got the... I got the weed whacker guy right there. <laughs> Note to self, apparently Tuesdays at three, he likes to. Okay, there you go. Oh, um, and search engine, the YouTube is the most powerful or second most powerful search engine in the world. So people are searching for stuff on YouTube, not just videos to watch, but like answers for things. And um, there, what, someone was talking about like it's not like instagram where you have a hashtag and you say you know um i don't know uh, coaching or pajamas it's what kind of pajamas will my child like yeah what so they're like almost like questions instead of just one word and i think a lot of people just think that that's how people are going to search for you is just with the one word but there's millions of people. I mean, your one word could probably be in a very, very big competitive um, marketplace, I would think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 70% of all searches are long. That's 70%. That's like That's most so of the searches yeah. are like long phrases. How do I fix the pump on my washing machine? For example, you, you, you search for that anywhere and you get a YouTube video showing you how to do it from a company that can sell you a pump. And that's how you do. I, I, I was working with a company that sells kids' bikes, and uh, they have a great article that brings in that introduces their brand to people who are who are looking to teach their kids how to how to ride a bike. And and the article is about should you should you get a bike with stabilizers or should you get a balanced bike? Two different types of bikes. Which which one's best for my kid? And they've got this great article with accompanied YouTube videos so you can see kids actually using the bike and things. And it doesn't actually talk about their brand. It doesn't talk about their product much at all. It's on their website with their brand around it, but they're introducing their brand name and their product at a stage of the buying journey where the people don't even know what they want to buy yet. But they're answering those questions. Do I need a balance bike? Do I need a stabilizer bike? And we can sell you both if you really want one when you've decided. And I think that's a really good way of looking at it. That's a great way to look at it. It's almost, it's bordering on infotainment because it's information or education instead of that, uh, that over your head sale, 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 you know, work with me, buy my stuff, 
because we're we're let's say we're over inundated with we're a little bit overstimulated at the moment with sales and buy this buy that right yeah in a sea of all of that if you can stand out and give your viewers or your listeners or the public in general give them something that is important for them educational or can help them out then also you endear them in some way as well because there's a, there's an endearing quality of like wow i i rely on that person or that expert they just gave me something so i'm also and they didn't ask for anything so i'm also going to be a little bit more apt to listen to them again and yeah, there's always there's always a reason why you want to buy something it's never just the the feature it's never just the functionality there's a reason behind the functionality they they call it benefits and features so you sell the benefits and not the features of a product and you should be doing this on on every website uh every web page you've got if you take a pair of blue jeans for example if you sell sell jeans and you need a new pair of jeans uh, if you walk into a shop and you try on some jeans in the in the cubicle. What's what's the first thing you do? You pull on those jeans, those brand new jeans. You pull them on. You button them up. You breathe in and button them up. And then, what's the first thing you do? Well, I always check my butt. <laughs> Absolutely, bang. Yeah, it's, it's got to look good on the butt. Does my does my does my ass look good in these jeans? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the first thing you do. See, we put that on our website. If these are the types of jeans that fit snugly around the bottom area, then put it on the website and say, this will make your backside look great. There you go. Solve a problem as well. Solving a problem. Solving a problem is so much better than just saying, just come and buy this because you're going to turn people off. But when you're solving a problem that they didn't, maybe people didn't even know they had. Maybe people don't even know they have a problem with jeans that are ill-fitting around their derriere. But when you really think about it, that's the first thing you do. It's the first thing everybody does, isn't it? They look around and you think to yourself, oh, it's not, oh dear, it's not quite like it was when it was 25, but never mind, it'll do. I think I've got another client. If you, if you look at um, look at something on a completely different level to say blue jeans, I've got a company that sells frying ranges for hotels. So these giant mechanical frying ranges where you can just fry everything. And and they have a system where you can filter the oil three times. So the oil lasts longer and saves you money. So they have this huge article that actually targets everybody, every type of frying range, everybody who uses a frying range. And it says, this is how you can save money on your oil. And it just so happens that it's their product that saves it. So they're not sort of like just selling the product with their triple filtration action. And that's the feature. They're, they've got a, an entire article with YouTube videos and, and everything all, all about how you can save money on oil. And, and again, it brings people in and it introduces people to the brand at, at different stages and with different problems as well. Uh, John, I'm curious too, when you're, t- when you're talking about um, search engine optimization or SEO, and I know we kind of, we, we, we kind of went over it as if we understand it. Um, but for those people who are newbie entrepreneurs who are just now creating their website and whatever it is, if you've got somebody building your website or if you're building it yourself, I did mine myself. Um, and I, I'm, I'm not a webmaster or a technological person. I picked the easiest website platform 
like almost like a coloring book is the easiest I can because I need to focus on other things. That's where my energy is going to go and my expertise. But explain to our wonderful listeners and viewers what SEO is, search engine optimization, um, in a, not a Reader's Digest version, but in a, in a rather simplistic uh, way so that they understand the importance of that, paying attention to that. Yeah. The basics of SEO are really what we've just been talking about, fulfilling your customers' needs. It's as simple as that. It's a human being that types something into Google or Bing. And that something is usually a question. It's usually quite a long phrase. They've usually got some sort of a problem. The problem could be my genes are old and I need new genes. Not a huge problem, but it's still a problem. And you've got to create a page that answers that question and solves that problem. And and that is the fundamental thing of of, of SEO is is almost like helping Google with the search results. Is that I'm going to give Google uh, the content that they need to put in front of somebody's face that answers their question that they type into the search engines. Now, there's also a bit more about that. Uh, there's 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 the there's a, the the kind of like a slightly technical side of SEO when you're talking about title tags and description tags and alt tags and all these things that everybody gets caught up about. And these things are important and they're not difficult to to do at the end of the day. But the fundamental thing is the words on the page because you put words in a title tag, you put words in an image alt tag, you put words in a description tag, you put words on your page. And it's using the words and the phrases that people use when they search Google. Simple as that. And it's not what you think it is, ever. <laughs> it's not? It's not? No, it's not. No, it's not. It's kind of like, I would imagine that very few searches get hotels in Sydney. Now, you're not going to compete with that anyway, because you're going to get Novotel and Hilton and all the rest of them are going to be up the top of the pile. And you'll never compete with that. If you've got a tiny little 10-bedroom hotel, you're never, ever going to compete with that. So stop trying to compete with that, because you never will. I think where you can win is you could win where somebody is searching for an affordable hotel that's dog-friendly with a view of the harbour. And they might turn that in. Oh, dog-friendly. You put in dog-friendly hotel, Sydney. First of all, it's going to be much smaller, and it's a very specific question, genre. Um, and there's a lot of people who have dogs that the pets that want to bring their, their doggy with them when they travel. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's the only way that, that, that normal size businesses can compete with the big businesses. I mean, if you look at somebody like Hilton, I mean, you know, they get articles written about them by the financial institutions all day long. They're talked about all the time online. There's articles published all the time online that link to them, that talk about them, that do things. And that increases their, uh, their, their popularity. It increases the, how busy that website is. Because and the brand recognition. Absolutely. Um, and, and you're never, ever going to get that if you're a little 10-bedroom hotel tucked away in the middle of nowhere sort of thing. You're never, ever going to get that. So it's, it's pointless trying to... Uh, trying to to target that type of of search, for example. So you need to look at what you do niche. You need to think to yourself, why did I start up in business in the first place? Why am I doing this? What what problems am I trying to solve? If I'm just trying to do what everybody else is trying to do, but a little bit cheaper, then you might not succeed. You might, but you might not because you probably need 
a little bit more than just I'm cheaper than them down the road. Oh, and, and the thing is, too, is that when you have a lot of people doing the same thing, yes, we're all different. We all have a different personality. There's, there's like 800,000, close to a million podcasters. Yeah. But if you have that your own unique style, your own um, expertise that you're bringing to your audience, then you can stand out. And those people that are attracted to you and that lack that style, Joe Rogan is hugely popular, but he's definitely got his own personality and style. And, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a, it's, you don't need to compete with that. But when you're in an industry, let's say with like real estate, if you're a realtor, a real estate agent, and you're trying to get people to notice you or to notice your listings that you have, and you're up against these huge companies, these real estate uh, companies that have that brand, and I won't mention any brands because I'm not going to give free publicity unless they're paying me. But um, when you're up against those big name brands, you do need to stand out. And I've noticed a little bit on social media, some um, agents, and they're very clever, they'll add, they're still selling a house, right? It's the same. It's, they're selling a house just like the big companies are selling a house. But they, have it, they, they put their personality into it. They'll do it with some humor, which funny goes a long way as far as being viral is concerned. But is there something that someone who, let's say, is a real estate agent and they need to stand out a bit, would they either tweak their, their website or if they don't have their own website, maybe their social media pages, would there be something that they might be able to stand out a bit or to get people's attention? Yeah, for sure. You, you, you do the things that the big boys can't do. Uh, and that is, and that is be local. You, you are, you, you answer the questions of the person you do. You don't just want to buy that house because that house is a house. You want to buy that house because it's in that area, because it's near that school. That school's a good school. And I'm going to send my kids to that school. It's only a few minutes away from a really nice park, which has got all this nice equipment in there for kids to play in. It's also close to the beach and there's a cycle and we can cycle from here into the city. And there's all of this, which you can, you can fight with because the big boys won't be in interested in any of that. They're just interested in it's got three bedrooms, got a kitchen, got a bathroom, you know, here's the price, do you want to buy it? Whereas if you're a smaller um, a smaller agent, what, what you can do is you can focus on what people really want from a, from a house and a property. And, and a lot of that is, is a location. There's a lot of, um, lot of, lot of uh, uh, estate agents in the UK, which is what we call them in the, in the UK, where they focus on, on school um, uh, the, the school ratings and rankings. So this school's better than that school, better than that school, better than that school. It's got a kind of like a, you know, a, a, a very good report from Ofsted and these, these sorts of things. Um, and, and you can, yeah, you, you can win like that because you, you're, you're trying to understand why people want a house in that particular location instead of the fact that just want a house because nobody just wants to buy a house. You want to buy. No. Reason, yeah. No. Cause there's millions of houses that I would never want to live in. It's, yeah. it depends. And, and but for me, because I love, I'm a water baby. I'm a Scorpio. I have five planets of Scorpio. I am a water freak and I want to be near the ocean. I want to smell it. I want to hear it. I want to taste it. I want to wake up in the morning and go, mm, 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 it's salty because of that ocean. So I would be interested in if somebody was able to appeal to me to that beach flavor and also what would be very clever is also maybe even checking out the, if you've got a listing and you notice that the neighbors are not like right up against your windows, you can even highlight that. Like 
you know, privacy from your neighbors or your neighbors are amazing. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, I mean, I'm looking to move at the moment, and and I've been looking at looking for for probably about the last four or five months, and I've noticed exactly this. I want to move somewhere which is near a forest because I love going walking through forests, up hills, mountains, things like that. And nobody tells me that. N- nobody tells me that in the listing. It, it, they all they tell me about is is the EPC heating rating and the this that and the other and, and whatever else it is and and the boring stuff. But I want to know about the location. I want to know. Yeah. So you end up having to go hunting on Google Maps and things like that, and and going down the road and having a look at the house on the road <laughs> through Google Maps and things and thinking how far is it. And and this could be done by the but but by the, the real estate agent yeah for the search yeah absolutely so it's kind of fulfilling the actual needs and wants of the customer really and that's what google is trying to do at the same time so if you're doing it google's trying to do it fingers crossed yeah it, google will put you in front of in front of people in the in the in the search results yeah sure um, I, and here's the thing and i have a question cuz i know we had tapped on uh, just briefly to the more technical side with the tags and that's behind the scenes mm. with, with the wizard of Oz, right? It's behind the curtain a little bit on your website, but um, most people they will put, and I'm, I'm guilty of this as well. I'll put up my web. I'll put up my website. And I've got my different pages. This is, you know, about Christine. This is my uh, book page. This is my podcast page. This is my, you know, clothing store page, whatever. Um, and, but it's just that it's a static copy, right? It's, it's pretty much the same. Whatever I put on my podcast book page is pretty much the same. Sometimes I'll add a review so that people, when they come, they can go, Oh, other people liked it. So I might, I'll purchase it. But the thing that I've heard, and I want you to tell me if it's true or not, is that the more you, if you have a blog if you have something that you're entering information in or uh, stories or uh, helpful tips on a regular basis that you'll do better in the search engine. So my question is my very long uh, way of getting to it is John to blog or to not blog. Cause some of us are bloggers and some of us are not bloggers. Yeah. Um, to answer people's questions. Um, so yes, you can use your, I mean, I hate that word blog. A blog is horrible. Uh, it sounds like, horrible. like, like fog or snog or. Yeah, snot. it's terrible. <laughs> it's not, you, you, you're creating a magazine, you're creating a, a knowledge base, you're creating, think of it like that. So you're not just blogging for the sake of blogging and you're not just knocking out a blog post every week or every month because you feel you need to. What you're actually doing is you're trying to go niche and you're trying to um, go ultra niche. So we're trying to talk about um we're trying to talk about those blue jeans in an ultra niche way, about the material, about the stitching, about the, the size of the pockets, about the designs. Or we're looking at maybe here's five different types of jeans you could wear this summer for summer 2020. So you're putting ideas into people's heads about the blog. So it's not the quantity of blogging. It's using the blog sensibly because if you've got a product page or a service page, I mean, you could be selling services, products, whatever it is, you can't put every single thing about that product on your product page because it would be 5,000 words long. It would be boring as hell. Boring. 
Yeah. What you can do is you can go ultra niche into each individual little feature and explain it on the blog. So, for example, the, we'll go back to the frying ranges. The frying range comes with active filtration, with triple filtration thing. But the blog post goes into really in-depth view about that particular feature. So there's videos of how it works and how long it lasts. And there's graphs and charts and articles and things and all this sort of stuff about how long oil lasts in this fryer compared to other fryers compared to somebody else. And it goes in-depth because if somebody's researching that specific thing, that specific niche thing then then that's where the blog works because you can you can put that information into into it so for example if you're selling i don't know what, what could you be selling you could be selling camping gear for example you wouldn't write everything about a sleeping bag on a sleeping bag page because it could go on forever so let's have a page on down sleeping bags and why you should buy a down sleeping bag and how to wash your down sleeping bag how to clean your down sleeping bag and all this sort of stuff because when there's people searching for things like how do i clean my down sleeping bag you're introducing your brand again to people who might need a new sleeping bag gotcha i got you you're smart john <laughs> mm. And it's it's kind of thinking of the questions that people have. Um, that's and and, and that's yeah. a and that's not an easy no. that's not an easy thing because especially when you have a business, you know, you're dealing with all these things, right? You're dealing with your bills, your advertising, your well, and your marketing. But they're they're not thinking about it that way. They're thinking I need to take an ad out, a Facebook ad, and here's the product, here's a link to it, go buy it, which is. A, a very direct way, but it doesn't. It does not seem to, uh, to, to basically come out with with a whole lot of progress. Yeah, so, it's really difficult to. It's really difficult to do. Really hard to. I think one one good exercise you could do is you can imagine if you've got an online business selling services, products, whatever it is, doesn't matter. Imagine that you've got a real shop, a bricks and mortar proper shop with carpet and and uh, uh, you know windows. It it looks lovely, and somebody walks into your real shop. And they say, hello, I'm interested in whatever it is. And you say, yes, no problem. What would you like to know? And then they ask you a question. And then you answer the question. And they follow it up with another question. And you answer that question. And you might do a demonstration of the product whilst they're stood there. Are you doing that demonstration on your website or not? Because that's what they want in real life. That's what they're looking for. And then think to yourself, Take all the words on your website and think to yourself, if these are the only words I could speak to somebody when they walk in through my shop, would I sell something? And if, if all the words on your web page add up to, you know, I need to say more than that, really because I wouldn't sell this in real life because they're going to ask me like 15 questions. Well, you've got to, you've got to put those 15 questions into your blog post and answer them. Blog post, blog post, blog post, blog post. And, and not think of it as a blog. Think of it as a knowledge base for your products, your services, your business, and what you do. So I think that's a really good way of doing it is, is think to yourself kind of like if, if all I could ever say is what's on my website to somebody in real life or on the phone, um, would I sell something? Right. And the, yeah, yeah. And the answer is probably no. Yeah, you nailed it. No, you nailed it. Well, that's why so many people too that, uh, especially if they're consultants or, or coaching and things like that, uh, they they'll bring somebody in maybe through the 
the quality of the of the website the way it looks right because you want to work if you, you want to work with somebody that is successful um or professional you don't want to if you see that their website is really hokey lots of misspellings and things like that you're like no i don't think so but that's that's why they want to get that call they want to do that strategy call they want to have you on the phone so that once they can hear your voice and 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 you know the potential client or customer can hear you and maybe even see you now with zoom then they have a better idea and you can communicate with them based on their listening skills, based on their personality. But when you don't have that time, when you literally have like a nanosecond, because our attention span is like this, yeah, right? You don't have that kind of time. You don't have an hour conversation with somebody. You need to have something that at least can catch their attention quickly and bring them in and then to see if they're interested in what you've got. And if yeah, they want to learn more, yeah. Yeah, and I think people do, if, if it's a reasonably big purchase that maybe take a, a while to actually buy or, or it's a service which somebody's offering, people will be doing multiple searches at different times. Don't think for one minute that somebody's just going to do a search, find you and buy something. Right. They might do a search. for. There might be lots and lots and lots of searches going on now for, for different things. Um, and, and you've got to try and appear in those results so that you keep... Oh, I've seen them before. Oh, I've seen them before. I've seen them before. And they're an, you're answering all the questions for everybody. Um, and I think that I think that's that's quite important. Um, I, I think also when we look at websites as well, in particular, having a having a website that that looks looks good, um, but not not looks good in a in a fancy pants way. Looks good in a, <laughs> looks good in a simple user-friendly way yes yes john please Uh, okay whoever's listening to this or watching this i'm just uh, uh, another pet peeve because this is um something that i had in the 90s when i had worked as a content consultant because i was i had a um you remember aol i do okay well i had an entertain i had a column remember they had columnists they had people that were actual like they had people that were in that industry write these, um, and they were communities. And so I had a column, and it was um, it was an entertainment column. It was a, like a gossipy entertainment column. And I wrote through a cartoon character called Beatbox Betty, and it was the number, like, number one, number two most popular channel on all of AOL because it was, well, it was written in a, in a saucy kind of way. So... If you were a little kid, you could read it and you go, oh, there, she's talking about this. And there's, and if you're an adult, you can read it and go, oh, oh, just, oh <laughs> I, I see that little. So I had the, thankfully, I had the ability to write for a wide range of, of audience. But what would happen is after that, after that beautiful stint at AOL, I was a content consultant and I would go and these were companies, John, that had spent tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars because it was the boom, right? The, the website boom. And they spent all this money on technology Yeah. and the latest, you know, oh, this picture does this and it, all this stuff and the graphics and everything. But they did not know the user, how we behave yeah. and how we behave. It's not like a book, like you said. It's not like a manual. Um, we're very visual and everything needs to be above the fold. And all of their oh, importance, yeah. 
all their important information was buried either underneath way long beneath the fold, or you had to click and click and click and click and click and click to get in and to get the information. Even just contact, like, it's like, I just want to call somebody. I just want to email somebody and ask them a question. And they would make it so impossible to find out how to contact somebody. And yeah. so it, it sounds simple. Like, of course you would want to make it simple, but no, people make it much more difficult than they need to. Yeah. It, it's why we need to think a lot, think, think in more detail about, about the structure of a, of a web page in, 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 and, and how, it, how it looks. You're absolutely right above, above the fold. When you walk into a supermarket, they don't put the stuff they want to sell on the bottom shelf, do they? They put it at eye level. So, so let's do this with, with our website so that the, the title of the page is descriptive. It solves a problem instantly. It answers a question instantly. You think to yourself, okay, what would people have searched for to find this page and then you think to yourself so what do they want to know and then you write that down and that is your main title then you might have underneath that a little subtitle a little bit of a summary which is maybe two lines and all of this appears above the fold and then we have a call to action button above the fold where people can actually see it so that yes. you don't have to scroll through 500 words before you get to the form or you get to the call. If the I got to scroll and scroll and scroll to contact you, I ain't contacting you. Yeah. Screw it. Jump buttons. Those oh. buttons where you click it and it scrolls down the screen. Use those, the jump buttons and things. They're really easy. I mean, we're going back to 1990s web technology here for yeah. jump buttons where you tap it and, and, you, and you scroll down to the form or to the page or, or for whatever you've got to do. And I think, um, I think if we think like this, but also think about above the fold as not just your giant, beautiful 24-inch Apple monitor on your desk. Think about above the fold on your mobile phone because most of your traffic is going to be coming on your phone. So again, look at it on your phone and think above the fold. Does oh, this instantly answer the question? Does it get people's juices flowing? Do they want to find out more? Um, yeah, it, it, it's so important being above the fold and, and putting everything yeah. up there. Move your forms up, move your call to action buttons up. If, if you're selling a product, can we see the price and the buy now button as soon as we load it up? Yes, and, and, and you'd be amazed. Well, I know you're not amazed because you know this, but our listeners and our viewers might be amazed that there are people too that um, that have spent a lot of years in knowledge in in building the technology side of of websites. And yes, they can put a form in or a shopping cart in, but they don't have that. It's a sense. It's no, it's just an easeability sense. And everybody that I work with too, when I, when it comes to if they're going to have a website and they want me just to give them feedback on it, I'm like. You build the website for the phone because yeah, yeah. this is what we have. Our t we have two teenagers and our teenagers are on the phone all the time, all the time. I'm on the phone all the time. I'm not in front of my desktop all the time. I am now because I'm doing a show, but this little bad boy is with me everywhere. So yeah. That's yeah. really, I mean, really important, yeah. I mean, some industries are seeing 80%, 90% traffic just from mobile phones, particularly the fashion industry, particularly clothing and things like that, 80%, 90%. So mobile phone is so important. And also the speed of your website for a mobile phone as well. Yes. Uh, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's stop, stop loading photographs up directly from your camera because your camera takes like ultra HD photos that are as wide as a house. You know, they're giant things. They're 4,000, 6,000, 12,000 pixels wide. And the space on your website is maybe 
300 pixels wide, 400 pixels wide for that photo. So we need to reduce the size of that photo to be able to put it in. That will speed our website up. So, yeah, there's there's a huge amount of things we can do to our website, constantly do to our website to, um, and as to we're, make it as- better. As I'll be doing probably right after this interview, John. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. John, what can um, I, I, I want people because and I I could talk to you forever, and I want to have you come back because I I do want to cover so many more aspects. But um, if if people want to work with, so you have this the podcast show, not yeah. another marketing podcast, which everybody should be signed up for right now. We'll make sure that we have links to everything uh, in this uh, show in the show notes. Also. I know your website, your personal website is JTID, and again, we'll have that listed here, jtid.co.uk. And do you, are you available for people that if they say, I need you, I need your consultation, I, I, I'm having trouble with my reach on my website or I just need some marketing help would you are you available yeah yeah absolutely yeah always always available on email or, or on twitter or something like that for people to chat I mean the, the one thing I put together was a uh, this course which I've been been talking talking about it's got a better website for a fiver you like the like the name of that yes it's very and cute it's, it's five pounds and it's basically a list of course material that I've used over the past 20 years I've been doing this, I would have thought that I've, I've reworded, re-put together and organized it a little bit better and everything and put it down. So you can get, you can get hold of, of, of PDFs of, uh, of video tutorials, of podcasts, of all sorts of things, all in one spot. And it'll kind of teach you why you need to do the title tag, why you need to do the description tag, why your images need to be small, uh, why, why your website needs to be fast, how to do keyword research. We were talking about the words and phrases people use on the page. How do we do this keyword research? How do we find new keywords and new phrases that people are actually using in Google? So it talks an awful lot about that. And one of the reasons I set the price at a fiver was was that one of the things I've noticed over the years was that the people with the biggest budgets tend to have the best websites. Okay, because you can hire a content marketer. You can hire a A team of people. Yeah. Yeah. And not everybody's got that. And it's not actually that difficult. All you're trying to do for the the basic building of your website is to put yourself into your customer's shoes. You're just trying to be your customer because you are not your customer. No matter how much you might think you are, you are not your customer. You're the person trying to sell something to your customer. So it's nice to be able to put yourself in their shoes, try and think differently about your website and and understand how people interact with web pages. And I think this 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 course, I mean it's it's you know it's five pounds and 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 it gives you loads of information. It's yeah, it's really useful, I think, to, to and how teach do, and, to do that. And how do people get that course? They Because at five pounds, for people that are in uh, in America, what is five pounds, would you say? It's about seven dollars, seven dollars, eight dollars. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it's That's, a couple of coffees. Yeah, it's the price of my little tiny itty bitty book for crying out loud. That's nothing. Yeah, That's yeah nothing. absolutely. And, absolutely. Where, do they, and where, do they go, where do they go to get that? At jtid.co.uk, at the top of the page, on, on a mobile phone, there's a call to action button above the fold. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> and it, it says, a better website for a fiver. And you just tap on that and it gives you all the information. And it's kind of like you get instant access. Yeah. It, it, it is, I think it, it, what I've tried to do is simplify things because 
like you said at the beginning, is it's difficult to explain what SEO is. And to different people, SEO particularly is different things. You can talk to one person who talks about SEO as being an ultra technical thing. And we're talking about schema code and adding all this product markup code to things. And we're looking at trying to get our JavaScript to work faster. And we're looking at uh, tweaking our CSS code and things like that. And it's like, yeah, there is that level to SEO. But, but to the normal business owner, entrepreneur, startup, we got to get the words on the page right first, because you might have the fastest website in the world. You might have the most beautifully technical website in the world. It might be coded perfectly. And the, the, the words on the page are, are crap. They're rubbish. And nobody's going to buy anything. And, and you see that quite a lot, to be honest with you. Where, where, yeah. Oh, I am so glad you came on the show because there's going to be so many people that are going to be able to at least now feel and not be uh, afraid, not be frightened of it. Again, I always want people to think outside of that box. And sometimes you have to take on things that maybe even you're not that comfortable with, but it's going to expand your synapses a little bit. And when it's presented by someone such as yourself who makes it simple and easy to digest, and also affordable. I appreciate this very much because mm. what you do, you could easily charge a pretty penny for. Yeah. You could easily charge someone a lot of money for. But what I like is that the, and I've done this the same with my, um, my different webinars that I've brought master teachers to come in and teach about, you know, health or overcoming trauma or um, starting a new business. I make them extremely affordable because I want people that, that can't afford hundreds of thousands of dollars or a thousand dollars. They they're on a tight budget, but they, they have gifts to share with the world as well. They have passions that need to be, their story needs to be heard just as much as some big corporation, if not more so. So you're making it accessible to people. And I appreciate that, John. I I think you're right. I mean, I mean, I'm a big, I'm a big, um, big proponent of, um, of of kind of like social mobility and offering people opportunities. I'm I'm big on that, to be honest with you. And I I think I I get asked a lot by students for some training because I do one-to-one training and they'll kind of like say, how much is some training or something? Because they're doing a marketing course, but it's not really fulfilling what they need because they go to a company and the company says, can you do this? And they say, can you do a little bit of SEO? And they say, well, no, we haven't been taught anything about that in our, three-year degree in marketing you haven't taught a, taught what and so they come to you and then you give them a price or something oh, i can't afford that can't yeah. afford that i can't afford that it's just I'm, I'm trying to get a job here and and i think this is if you can afford a couple of cups of coffee it's brilliant afford, so it's yeah it's it's affordable to to anyone well i'll throw down a fiver to you john i'll get it I'll get it right after this interview, I promise. An Aussie, an Aussie Fiverr. An Aussie Fiverr, yeah. We have div, uh, the Aussie, the, the, the dollars. They're very pretty here. Mm. They're very pretty. They have like a see-through cellophane type thing. Um, but they have they the plastic? same. They're, they're plastic. plastic. I think they're plastic. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah they're kind of plastic. Yeah. But um, but I that's a great offer. And we'll make sure, I'll make sure we put the link here so so our wonderful listeners uh, and viewers can, can click on the link and take advantage of this uh, very generous offer from you. My guest today has been John Tromans, who is a digital marketing trainer, former broadcaster and creator of A Better Website for a Fiverr. Check out his podcast, please. It's called Not Another Marketing Podcast. You can find that on all of the great platforms, Apple, 
podcasts, uh, Spotify, all over the all over the place. Um, and we'll put a link to that podcast as well on the show notes. John, I want to thank you so very much again for joining us today. Been a pleasure. Thanks, Christine. Enjoyed it. Oh, I love you. And I want to thank you, wonderful listeners and viewers, for tuning in this week. Remember, if you want to subscribe to that YouTube channel, please do hit subscribe, click the bell, run around the poll, whatever you need to do to make sure that you get notified of these programs. If you want more information about the podcast, go to outoftheboxwithchristine.com. And if you want more information about me, just go to christineblasdale.com. Until next time, as I always remind you to think outside of that damn box. Bye for now. Well, that wraps up another edition of Out of the Box with Christine, the podcast for conscious folk, and it has been an absolute honor being with you today. For more information on this program, please visit outoftheboxwithchristine.com. And if you'd like to book a private coaching session on how to expand your business or how to create your own podcast, feel free to contact me directly at christineblasdale.com. That's christineblasdale.com. I would love to help you navigate this journey called life. Until then, remember as always to think outside that damn box. Bye for now.